Cruise Radio is brought to you in part by TripInsurance.com. Travel insurance done right by the people who know travel insurance. Get a quote today at TripInsurance.com. Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is this is Cruise Radio. Hey, what's up? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. On this week's show, we will talk to Vicki Bone. She just returned from an Alaska cruise on Princess Cruises. Uh, before we get to Vicki, I do want to remind you about Cruise Radio Insider, our Facebook group. Come and discuss the daily cruise news with us. And speaking of cruise news... Cruise Radio News. Yeah, it's a little podcast. Quick hits of the daily news. You can be found uh, right where you're listening to this, either on iTunes or on Stitcher Radio. We'll also put some links in the show notes at cruiseradio.net. Big hit, over 2,000 listens in less than a couple of weeks. So uh, keep on listening to that. Now to the interview. We always like to get your cruise reviews here on the show. If you have one you'd like to share, shoot me an email, Doug, at cruiseradio.net. We'd love to get you on the show. We're talking with Vicki Bone today. She has returned from a seven-night cruise out of Seattle aboard Crown Princess, and she uh, she's no stranger to Princess Cruises. We'll talk about that a little later on in the show. Hello, Vicki. Oh, hi, Doug. So we talked a few months ago when you were on Crown Princess, and here you are again, like, just getting off it again. <laughs> is you have an obsession with this ship or what? Well, you know, there are, you do fall in love with the, the crew that are on board, but uh, this time it was more convenience and the uh, itinerary, yeah. Yeah, your last cruise is what, California Coastal? That's right, yeah, yeah. seven days LA to Vancouver. Nice. So uh, you live in Vancouver, and so you had to go down to Seattle. How does, how does a local from Vancouver get to Seattle uh, affordably? Well, as much as um, we wish we could get there pretty quickly, we uh, have takes about two and a half hours. But it was um, a long weekend in BC, mm-hmm. and they had a big seafair festival in Seattle. So the border was a little bit crazy, but we gave enough time. We took our time. We went down to um, Rick Steves' store in Edmond, so we kind of made like a little bit of a jaunt all over. Went to a couple of the wine stores we wanted, and then uh, met up with friends at their house in Seattle, and they live within a well, basically a stone's throw of the pier, and uh, spent the night with them. Nice, very nice. So you get to the pier at the port of Seattle. How was embarkation for you? Well, this is a relatively new pier, Pier 91. Both Holland America and Princess sail out of there. It's a bit of a distance from downtown, but that might be a good thing. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, it's, there's a lot of parking area there. And we were dropped off probably around quarter to 12, which is something I never do. I usually like to go later. But we dropped our bags. There was another ship that was leaving with us. And um, we got through security really quickly. We have priority embarkation. And what we quickly found out was the long line for everybody else and priority embarkation was nobody. So I think we were on board that ship within 15 minutes. Nice. Now, are you one of those cruisers that like to be like one of the first people on the ships? No, I'm actually probably one of the uh, opposite. Sometimes it ends up we get there early just because of circumstances. We have to check out of our hotel or something. But I work with the public, so the last thing I want to do is stand in the line or be in crowds. <laughs> and I just tend to go away from where everybody else is. So normally we show up around two thirty, three o'clock, and we walk right on. That's like the ideal time to board. Time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was lovely, and it was a beautiful, sunny, hot day in Seattle, and amazing views of Mount Rainier and the harbor. It's so cool when you're in Seattle and you see Mount Rainier uh, from your ship mm. because it looks like it's towering over you, but it's really like fifty something miles away. Yeah. 
It is quite a ways, yes. Yeah, so cool. So uh, you make your way on the ship, and um, it's uh, it's got to be like coming home to you because you were just on the ship. But what were your impressions this time around? Well, it was um, kind of neat to get back on board because when we were on the last time, when we got off, it was sailing to do a dry dock in Victoria for two weeks. Mm-hmm. So I was really curious to see what had changed. And you could definitely see, um, especially all the public areas, a bit of sprucing up, um, you know, extra coats of paint, tile work done, upholstery, new drapes, carpeting, stuff like that. Brand new mutt screen. In fact, I was told it's the most advanced screen at sea. It's even newer and fancier than the Regal Princesses, and it really is stunning. You're, you're throwing around this, these lingo, these uh, words here, these acronyms. MUT uh, stands for Movies Under yeah. the Stars, in case you're a yeah. first-time listener yeah. not familiar with Princesses, Movies Under the Stars program, which we'll talk about here in a bit. So you make your way through the public areas, and you go to your stateroom. What kind of stateroom did you have on this sailing, and what were your impressions of it? We had a um, balcony stateroom on Aloha deck, so we were relatively high up. We had a we were two decks below the horizon court. We were near the aft of the ship. So you're just basically where the last staircase is. We were like right there. And, um, you know, one thing about Princess is pretty much all of their cabins are the same. It doesn't even matter if you have an inside or an outside or a balcony. The inside of it is pretty much the same. You know, that big walk-in closet that oh, I know I love you it. love. Yes. I love too. <laughs> Yeah, because it's great because you can, you know, they put a little table in your room. I always stick that in the closet so it gives me another shelf, and then I have more flow in the in the cabin. You know, the linens were all new from uh, the dry dock as well. And a uh, couple things, if anything, I think that this ship and many of the older ships, I, I put that in quotes, I find the cabins are needing a little bit of updating uh you know the bathrooms are starting to show a bit of wear and tear and uh you know the the walls and stuff so i would like to see that perhaps improve but it certainly is a lovely cabin and we had a lovely balcony and i wasn't going to complain sure yeah no reason to uh let's uh let's go back to the dry dock for a moment was there any um major venue changes or was it all just like uh technical and some paint and upholstery yeah, most of it was underwater for mm-hmm. mechanical stuff, and uh, I got quite the lowdown on everything that had happened. But uh, a lot of work was done in the production, uh, Princess Theater, so some of that, changing a lot of the lights. They've changed them all to LED, which is much lighter, lasts mm-hmm. longer, and less heat. The mutt screen. The Up on the top deck, they had a mini-golf, mm-hmm. and uh, it was really needing repair. I I had to comment on that the last time we failed. But they took all that out and they put a lovely bouchy ball and a a little croquet area and even a little putting green as well. It looks really nice. And I have a great picture that I have on my wall of that uh, area that they've done with Tracy Arm in the background. So you can check that out if yeah, yeah, for sure. We'll link to your uh, your Facebook page there mm-hmm. in the show notes at cruiseradio.net. Let's take a turn here and talk about dining aboard Crown Princess. How was the dining? Let's start at the top in the buffet area and work our way down. Yeah, Horizon Court and Cafe Caribe, some of our favorites. I had thought that it was going to get changed in dry dock where they kind of streamline it so there's not as many curves in the seating area. But that didn't happen, so that was a little bit of a disappointment. So it's still a little bit cumbersome getting in and around the tables and to the food stations. But we find, again, time to go when it's not too crazy, and we enjoy it. 
One thing I love about Princess, especially at lunchtime, they have the theme. So there was one day where it was a Mexican theme. There was one theme that was Asian. And then one day they had a really great Alaskan buffet. So they had all kinds of salmon dishes and crab and mm. seafood stews. And, oh, it was really, really nice. Um, certainly, you know, plentiful. Lots nice. of choices. Now, you yeah. you were saying um, Horizon Court and Cafe Curry, but what's the difference? Well, like many princess ships, the Horizon Court is basically two buffets on each side of the ship. Mm-hmm. And so they'll sort of alternate. Um, they'll start up breakfast really early in one, sort of more of a continental. Then they open up a full breakfast on the other side, and then they start getting the other side ready for a full breakfast, and then they start prepping the other, you know, so that it. It creates a time where there's never one that's closed, or they're not. There's always something to eat. But also at the very back of the ship is another buffet called the Cafe Carib. Mm-hmm. So you'll find that that's where they'll do their crab shack uh, menu, which is a specialty restaurant. It's twenty dollars, and after stopping in at some of the places in the ports and seeing how expensive crab was going for, twenty dollars for all you can eat. Great deal. <laughs> Seafood is such a great deal, and though they did three of them, and they were selling out fast. And one other event that they just rolled out to this ship, which was already on the Regal and the Royal, is the fondue night. So mm-hmm. that showed up on the last night. It's just being rolled out. In fact, they had the corporate executive chef on board to help introduce this to the ship. So it's not always open at dinner because they might close it off for a specialty or sometimes they'll have that that venue open as a special theme meal up at the back as well. Now, as far as the main dining room goes on the ship, uh, how was the food and service in there for you? We did anytime dining, which is sort of our thing. So we like to kind of go with the flow. And I really think it's a good option in Alaska because it stays light really, really late. And you really don't want to miss some of the ports when you're leaving a little bit later. So it's a nice option to just show up when you want. We found on this cruise, because there were so many families that traditional and early seating were quite busy, and we had no problem at all getting a table in and around 7.30, 8 o'clock. But we dined only in the dining room twice out of the seven nights, ironically. Okay, so... And um, the food was fabulous. Yeah. yeah. Good, good food. Very nice there. Uh, let's talk about, my mouth is starting to water now as you move into uh, Crown Grill and Sabatini's. Uh, <laughs> did you dine at either of those restaurants? And what do you think if you did? Well, we did do the Crown Grill twice, actually. Oh, yes. um, I don't know if we remember. Um, we have uh, one of our favorite waiters who we we literally seek him out. We sometimes even book a ship because he's on at Mark. And he's been promoted just recently as a server up in the Crown Grill. So as soon as we got on, we found him. We made reservations for two of the nights. And um, just sailing. And that's why I don't, and I can't speak on other lines, but for Alaska and Princess, they make it extra special because in the Crown Grill and even in the dining room, they have special menu items that are only available in Alaska. So they had this to die for halibut dish. They had crab. They had, you know, a seafood pot. And you're only going to find this on ships that are sailing up to Alaska at this time of year. So that was added on top of the regular Crown Grill menu. And I have to say that that halibut was really, really good, as well as the first night when we had a steak and, of course, their molten chocolate pudding decadent. (laughs) (laughs) And service was fabulous and the views were stunning. And, yeah, 
What more can you ask for? I want to get your opinion on something because uh, it's a mixed bag about Sabatini's. Uh, apparently, they, they recently changed the menus in their Italian venue, Sabatini's. It was changed actually uh, a few years ago. It used to be like continual food coming mm-hmm. at you all the time. Right, right. But a couple of years ago, they changed it to be more like the Crown Grill, where you get a set menu, you can choose. You can certainly have as much as you want, but it was appetizer, salads, you know, entree, dessert. I really like the Sabatini's restaurant. I think some people think Italian, you know, it's not spaghetti and meatballs. This is more, um, you know, a traditional Italian restaurant. Lots of seafood, you know, a lovely baked sea bass, uh, lamb, um, that whole Mediterranean feel. But we didn't dine there this time other than we had a special, uh, we were invited to the most traveled luncheon, which was held up in Sabatini's, but that was a special menu. But it's a beautiful venue to go to if you're sailing up in Alaska, because you're at the aft of the ship, you mm-hmm. have this stunning view of the ship. And so the day you're leaving Skagway, say, leaving at 8 p.m., there would be a lovely venue to dine at for yeah. a special occasion. So- but I can tell you a bit of breaking news. Okay. I know you reported on your one of your last podcasts about Curtis Stone mm-hmm. uh, coming in and... Um, there was talk about he's going to open up a um, venue on the ship, a specialty restaurant. Now, word is that we heard from an officer, a very uh, reliable source, is that it looks like it might be coming into the Sabatini's uh, venue. Ooh. So we could be losing the Sabatini's, yeah. Interesting. That's uh, you got mm-hmm. the, you got a scoop there. You're the mole. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I won't say who told me, but uh, yeah. And I wouldn't be too surprised because I know on the past sailings that we've been on, it's just not as big a draw as, say, the steakhouse is. And often they would sometimes even close it on alternate nights. Mm-hmm. I, I can't pronounce half the food on the menu in Sabatini's. I, I find myself <laughs> pointing to things. I'll have this, this, and uh, this. <laughs> mm-hmm. Their calamari is really, really good. <laughs> yeah. All their food is awesome in there. It's just the, the problem yeah. I have the pronouncing it. So moving on yeah. here, we'll talk about food all night, so we need to move on to entertainment. <laughs> uh, what did you think about entertainment on this sailing? Well, again, Princess is great with Alaska because they bring on guest entertainers only on this cruise up to Alaska that you won't find anywhere else. They had a family that came on and performed in the Princess Theater and they had uh, accompanied all of their music with imagery, their own personal imagery, up on the biggest screen and views of Alaska. And you're not going to find that when you sail in the Caribbean. They don't mm-hmm. travel down there. There are stories about living their whole lives in Alaska. They'll bring on Libby Riddles, you know, about talking about the Iditarod. Yeah. They bring on this uh, guitar player who plays a whole bunch of folk music. And again, they come on usually when we're in port for that time and then go ashore and, and head home, right, that day. Mm-hmm. So um, excellent naturalist, um, lecture speaking specifically about things about Alaska, They've teamed up with Discovery at Sea, Princess, Mm -hmm. and depending on the itinerary, they gear it towards, you know, that itinerary. So it was quite fun. They had um, some events for um, kids and kids at heart. You had to go find uh, images of Bigfoot or his footprints throughout. It was like a scavenger hunt. (laughs) And uh, they had, um, you know, how many shark teeth. And they did stories about whales and how to spot them and what to see and their mating. And and 
it's like you're going on a trip and you're learning a lot of stuff too. So it almost justified all the eating and drinking. <laughs> nice. You you were mentioning that there was a naturalist on board. And recently I've had a couple of interviews. I had a Holland America interview, a celebrity Alaska interview. How does princess do Alaska in your opinion? I mean, like how do they embrace Alaska? Well, I've never sailed with either Holland America or Celebrity. I've done some other cruise lines, but I've never done any other ones in Alaska. Mm -hmm. So I can't compare. But I have to say that the fact that you're sailing and you know you're sailing to this destination, you know, you're heading north to Alaska, you know, the theme songs at the beginning of shows are songs about Alaska. You have pictures. The atrium was decorated with big banners about Alaska. You could take a learn to play a penny whistle class. You know, so you the food in the in the um, buffet. Um, they even had a broth station set up when we were sailing through Tracy Arm. The naturalist is constantly up, um, you know, piped out into the public areas outside and into your cabin on the TV, talking about what you're going to see. You know, we saw more whales this trip than we've ever seen, and he was out there explaining why they're here and what they eat and you know, talking about going up Tracy Arm and, and, you know, people think, oh, we get to the glacier and that's it. In fact, I heard a guy saying, oh, look, we missed it. We got up here late. Where you're like, no, look, there's another glacier. Here's another type of glacier. And and here's Michael, the naturalist, telling us, you know, his own stories of being there, kayaking up in this area, talking about eagles' nests, talking about bears, how to find, you know, mountain goats. So it was a really fun trip, but I can't imagine being a kid and getting to experiences. That would have been fabulous. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, we're talking about naturalists, so let's talk about um, how the ship behaved while it was doing the sea days, uh, which a sea day in Alaska is pretty much floating by the glacier. So how was the general mm -hmm. flow of the ship, both inside and out, on Crown Princess mm -hmm. during those days? We tend to sail on non-peak times, just mm -hmm. because it's hard to get summertime off, and so we never travel when there's kids on board. And as soon as we got to the pier, it was a totally different vibe. There were, what we later found out, 2,000 first-time cruisers with Princess on board. <laughs> 2000. Normally, we have like 2,000 Platinum Elite, but yeah. this time it was 2,000 first time. Lots of families, lots of multi-generational families, big groups. So right away, it was a little odd. But it was exciting to see it through their eyes. So on board, it was constantly a lot of questions, a lot of people learning, you know, the ebb and flow of things, how to get places. And so you found out on the sea days or even when we were getting into port, you know, a lot of people trying to figure out where they should go, what they should do, where can we go, you know, up on the deck to see a glacier, um, how can we hear about it. So you had to have a little bit more patience. But it was so much more enjoyable to see their excitement. And we had a lot of fun with the, the young kids. Yeah, they're, they're... I, I wrote about it in my blog, actually, if you, if you get a chance. I don't know if you got to read the second day, but yeah. Yeah, their, their enthusiasm is infectious for sure. And, you know, we'd walk around. And uh, again, on Princess, they have um, the Crown Grill during the day. They open it up and they put a whole bunch of board games out. And just to walk down the promenade and seeing families playing Clue mm -hmm. or Jenga 
or, you know, backgammon. Doing a puzzle, I was like, wow, like, you never see this at home. (laughs) That's awesome. Um, Yeah, it's definitely a whole different vibe and scene with the whole family interaction when you're at sea versus home. Because normally when you're at home, uh, all the kids are on their tablets or phones and parents are watching the news and there's no communication whatsoever. But Mm -hmm. you're kind of they have a a captive audience out there at sea. You kind of have to spend time together (laughs) or spend an arm and a leg on the Internet. There's always yeah. Uh, that. Yeah. Uh, in, in closing here, Vicki, we're getting short on time, but let's talk about what ports you hit and which one was your favorite. Well, we uh, stopped in uh, Juneau, in Skagway, Ketchikan, and Victoria. We didn't get off in either Victoria or Ketchikan because they were uh, relatively short days. It was raining, of course, in Ketchikan, and we were more about let's rest and uh, mm-hmm. you know being away from work. Juno, we it was um, we climbed up to the top of Mount um, Roberts. You know where the tram is. Mm-hmm. We did a hike up to the top of it. Nice, and that was really nice. So you know there are definitely a lot of. Uh, cost-effective things to do in port. But, you know, we love to hike. So that was a really easy thing. It's $10 to take the tram back down if you want. And I'd have to say Skagway was my best day. I love that place. It was also my birthday. And we met up with a crew member from the sister ship, the Star Princess, that was in town. Had a lovely meal with him. And then we hiked up to the cemetery and the uh, falls that are about a half an hour walk from the town Mm -hmm. and uh, again it was so hot in Skagway we were getting sunburned it was too hot to be in the sun wow (laughs) (laughs) I have to ask you because I was interviewing Teresa a few weeks back and she said she Mm -hmm. hiked up Mount Roberts and it took her an hour and 20 minutes going up how long did it take you it was about the same, an okay. hour and a half to two hours. It was really, really hot mm-hmm. that day. And um, ironically, it was still quite muddy, the trail. So that was a little bit hard. And I'm getting older. And I laughed because I turned 50 on this trip. So I said, I could only do that hike when I was 49. I don't think I could do it when I was 50. <laughs> nice. It gets you out of any future hikes up Mount Roberts. Do you have any first time tips for people who are considering or who may be sailing Crown Princess? Well, if you're sailing Crown Princess and you're heading up to Alaska, I think the biggest tip is to go with the flow, um, maybe not be so set on the dining times and, you know, have a meal up in the Horizon Court, watch a beautiful sail away, or maybe take some food down to your balcony and enjoy it. And then the biggest tip is when you're in Tracy Arm or you're sailing through one of the fjords there, get out and walk the whole ship. Seeing it just from your balcony, you're going to miss a lot. So I recommend walk the whole promenade, go up to the top deck, walk from the bow to the aft, and experience the whole beautiful scenery. You left out one tip. You have to eat at Crown Grill. Oh, well, that's a given. (laughs) That's a given. I think so. And if you get on the Crown Grill, if you go to the Crown Grill on the Crown Princess, say hi to Mark from Vicky and Bernie. Yeah. Okay. There you go. What's his name? Mark? Mark. Mark. All right. So you heard it. Uh, say hello to Mark on Crown Princess from Vicky and Bernie. And uh, Mark will get back with you, I'm sure, if a listener gives him a <laughs> shout out. So uh, with that said, we've been talking with Vicky Bone. She lives up in Vancouver, and she just returned from a seven-night Alaska cruise aboard Crown Princess round trip Seattle. And uh, Vicky, I, I do love your Facebook page. It's Cruising Princess Cruise Line with Vicky and link to it in the show notes at cruiseradio.net. Vicky, it's always a pleasure talking to you. I look forward to talking to you soon. Oh, thanks, Doug. Take care. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is how do I know if I need trip insurance? 
Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not, not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you a peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Cruise Radio is produced weekly at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Hear Cruise Radio on iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Overseas Radio Network, iTunes, or at CruiseRadio.net. For sales and marketing opportunities, email sales at CruiseRadio.net. I'm your announcer. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 